0: Hello! Welcome to another episode of Fantasize Me, the podcast where I take characters real or imagined and fantasize them as D&D characters. I'm your host, Zach Katz. Gang, today we are going to be fantasizing Squidward, which is my best impression of Squidward. Uh, that is to say, a very bad impression. Uh, Squidward Tentacles from the uh, kind of indie anime SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, obviously it's not that, but I think I it, it tickles me to refer to SpongeBob as an indie anime, and I don't know why, but I'm going to keep doing it. So Squidward, I wanted to do him because he's a bit of a grumpy Gus, and I think playing him in a campaign would be very entertaining. So, as per usual, let's start with background. Uh, I haven't, I mean, I I didn't brush up on my Squidward lore. I've seen a bunch of Spongebob. I probably remember enough to do this, you know? So, for background, I'm going to go with Entertainer. And I know what you're thinking. He's terrible at entertaining. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But he does enjoy it which the first line of the entertainer background is, you thrive in front of an audience. He does. He he loves to entertain. He's terrible at it. He just thinks he's unappreciated in his time, which, you know, aren't we all? So with the entertainer background, he's going to get proficiency in acrobatics and performance, of course tool proficiencies in disguise kit, and one type of musical instrument. Gotta go with that clarinet that he's always toot-tootin'. He can kind of play that. Sometimes, some episodes, he's better than others. That's fine. Now, race. Another reason I wanted to do Squidward is because he's obviously not human, and I can kind of get forced out of my comfort zone of just picking human every time. But I did not find a... a and d 5E Wizards of the Coast squid race. Uh, there are turtles, which are turtle people. So I thought it would be fun to kind of homebrew our own race and call them squiddles. The squiddle race. <laughs> and uh, I know I'm going to get lambasted for this if I don't bring it up. Squidward is not a squid. I know that probably blew some of your minds. Squidward is an octopus. Uh, the creator of him just liked the shape of octopi's heads, so made him an octopus, but the name OctoWord did not quite roll off the tongue, so named him Squidward. Confusing millions, but that's fine. So in homebrewing your own race, there are a few things to keep in mind. Go for it, is the first one. And the second one is have fun with it, you know? Uh, Try not to give them any game-breaking abilities, like, oh, they're resistant to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. Or, yeah, they have access to, like, third-level spells already. Mm, No. I think the best way to make a race or make a class, uh, if you're going to homebrew everything is look at other races, look at other classes and kind of take elements from there, kind of get an idea of what is acceptable. I guess everything's acceptable, but what would fit into the world? You know, what's going to fit into your fiction? Because if you're homebrewing this race, you're most likely a uh, DM. So what's going to fit? Which means as a DM in your fantasy, you could make a race that's really overpowered and then just balance the campaign in other ways. But anyway, this is what I came up for 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 the Squiddle race. Every time I say it, I smile. It's just fun to say. Squiddle. Most races have ability score modifiers of plus two in one stat and plus one in another. We know that. So I gave Squiddles Dexterity plus two and Intelligence plus one. Or maybe it should be Intelligence plus two, Dexterity plus... No, I I already wrote it. Dexterity plus two, Intelligence plus one. Their size is medium. Their speed is 30 feet. They have a swimming speed of 30 feet. Uh, age, you know, baby, Squidward is timeless. So let's not even worry about that. Uh, So swim speed, they have a swimming speed of 30 feet. I gave them limited amphibiousness. Another race, the Triton, have the amphibious ability, so they can breathe air and water. But it's, you know, canonical that Squidward cannot breathe air. So I gave him limited amphibiousness. uh, So he can breathe air and water, but he has to submerge at least once every four hours, Uh, or take a level of exhaustion, and then gain an additional level of exhaustion for each hour that passes after you remain without submersion. Uh, And I took that from a another homebrew squid race, but it's okay to, to borrow. It also has the squishy ability. So squiddles have soft, squishy bodies capable of absorbing powerful blows. They're resistant to bludgeoning damage. Now I mentioned earlier, go easy on the resistances, but I think it's fun to just have one. Like how tieflings are resistant to fire, uh, water genasi are resistant to acid. Let's them resistant to bludgeoning. Then their last ability is suction cups. Due to the suction cups dotting a squiddle's limbs, they have advantage on ability checks used for climbing. So if your DM says, oh, okay, you have to climb this tree, use athletics or acrobatics you got advantage. It's beautiful. And for languages, squiddles speak common and aquan. Aquan is just kind of the elemental language of water elementals. So I thought that would be fitting. So that's the squiddle race. So his background is entertainer and his race is squiddle. Ah, it's precious. So now that we have those, let's roll for stats. All right, I rolled for stats, and folks, they're not great. We have 14, 11, 7, 11, 14, and 15. So, again, not great. I actually think that's sort of fitting for Squidward, because he's he doesn't exactly excel at anything, which is fine. You don't have to. So now, what do I think his highest stat is? I am going to put the 15 into Intelligence, which gets a plus one from the Squiddle race, So he has a 16 to Intelligence, a plus three modifier. Next highest is 14. I'm going to put that in Dexterity, which gets a plus two. So that's also a 16. Next is 14. I'm going to put that into Charisma. 11 is going to go into constitution. Ooh, a plus zero modifier to constitution, not not great. The next 11 is going to go into strength. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's gonna go into strength. And then the seven, which is a negative two, is going to go into wisdom. Now I think intelligence is his highest stat because he's not stupid. The reason that I feel like he gives off a sort of a maybe less intelligent vibe is because his wisdom is very low. So to me, the distinction between those is intelligence is having a lot of information in your head. Wisdom is knowing how to use it. He does not know how to use it, which is why he has dreams of grandeur, but never really does anything about it, you know? Anyway, which is fine. I guess I'm sort of the same. Womp womp. (laughs) Oh God, I don't want to be like Squidward. So now he's already proficient in acrobatics and performance. So that's a plus five for acrobatics, a plus four for performance. Okay, so now that we have his stats, we can pick his class. So his highest stat is dexterity and intelligence are both 16 a plus three modifier so we should go with something that uses those uh intelligence wizard artificer dexterity uh rogue or you know any number of things so we're gonna go with bard and his charisma is not his highest it's a 14 which is a plus two but I don't think Wizard or Artificer or Monk or Rogue or Fighter, like none of those, none of those sound right. He loves music. He loves to express himself artistically. The artistic freedom, it's so important to him. So we're going to go with Bard. Bard, they have 1d8 of hit points. So he has a plus zero to constitution. So he's only starting with eight hit points, which is not great but he'll get over it. Or he'll die. Either or. He's proficient in light armor, simple weapons, hand crossbows, long swords, rapiers, short swords. Three musical instruments of your choice. So I get to pick another three instruments from his entertainer background. He's already proficient in the clarinet. So let's go with tambourine, maracas, and drums he's got a lots of limbs and he could totally rock out on those. So since those don't use his mouth to play, he could play his clarinet, a tambourine, maraca, and the other thing I said, drums. So one man band, gotta love it. He also gets proficiency in dexterity saving throws and charisma saving throws. So he'll have plus five to dexterity saving throws, plus four to charisma saving throws. Uh, and he can be proficient in any three skills of his choice. What would Squidward be proficient in? Uh, let's do history. Sleight of hand, cause he's got lots of them. And stealth. I don't have a good reason for stealth. I just think it's funny to think of Squidward sneaking around. Uh, and I, I see that he has negative two to perception, which is terrible. Perception is used all the time. Having a negative two to it is is awful. But he's really not especially perceptive. I'm thinking to the episode where he blows a bubble and the bubble's so big and it starts to take his house up to the top of the ocean And he just fully did not notice. And then another episode where he gets into a snowball fight and he doesn't notice that Patrick and SpongeBob left. Man, I should rewatch SpongeBob. It's gotta be like one of my top anime. (laughs) Uh, As a first level bard, he's going to get bardic inspiration. He has a D6 that he can give to whomever. And on a skill check, an attack roll, a saving throw, before they know if it succeeds or fails, they can choose to roll that d6. And he has an amount of those equal to his charisma modifier, so right now he has two, and can give them away as a bonus action. He's also got some spell casting. Squidward, I'm pretty sure in the Spongebob episode, or Spongebob special, where they go back in time, Squidward is like the court wizard or something. I might be misremembering. I didn't look up anything or brush up at all on anything regarding anything, which, you know, is just like my style. Second level, we're also going into Bard, where he gets jack of all trades. One of my favorite abilities is Starting at second level, you can add half your proficiency bonus rounded down to any check you make that doesn't already include your proficiency bonus. So that means if he's not proficient in it, he gets plus one to that check anyway. So that negative two perception only is a negative one now. (laughs) Everything's coming off Squidward. Squiddle kind of sounds like Squirtle. So that's fun. That's neat. It's my uh, third favorite. Gen 1 starter from Pokemon. Second level, he also gets Song of Rest. So during a short rest, he can play soothing clarinet music uh, to give each creature an extra d6 of hit points, which doesn't sound like much. But if you're taking a short rest, you probably need it. And an extra d6 is never going to be turned down. And it's cool because it's just something you can do every short rest. There's no limit to how often you can use it. Third level, we are also going to go into Bard and pick up Bard College, the name of the Bard subclasses, and I decided to go with College of Lore. So... The reason that I picked this subclass, essentially the only reason I will tell you in a moment, he gets bonus proficiency. So when you join the College of Lore at third level, you gain proficiency with three additional skills of your choice. So that means he's gonna have a total of eight skill proficiencies. So let's give him Arcana. So now he's got a plus five to Arcana. Let's do Investigation. So plus five to Investigation. And let's give, uh, what else do I think Squidward would be good at? Maybe persuasion. He can't really get SpongeBob to do anything though. Oh, he likes to garden. Let's give it in nature. Boom. Okay. So that's a plus five to nature based solely on the fact that I'm pretty sure he likes to garden. Now, the reason that I picked this subclass is cutting words, which, you know, at third level, you learn how to use your wit to distract, confuse, and otherwise sap the confidence and competence of others. He loves using his words to bring people down, which isn't the best trait, but, you know, it's all in good fun. Uh, he's, I know he said some pretty cutting things to Spongebob, Uh, in that one episode where Spongebob makes him a sweater of his tears because he was just so hurt. So I thought this is perfect. Honestly, the only reason I picked this subclass is because of the Cutting Words ability. Also, Cutting Words is a great ability. So when a creature that you can see within 60 feet of you makes an attack roll, an ability check, or a damage roll, you can use your reaction to expend one of your uses of Bardic Inspiration— is two at the moment, rolling a bardic inspiration die and subtracting the number rolled from the creature's roll. You can choose to use this feature after the creature makes its roll, but before the DM determines whether the attack roll or ability check succeeds or fails, or before the creature deals its damage. And the creature is immune to this ability cutting words if it can't hear you or if it's immune to being charmed. So it's such a cool ability. Say you know, someone gets a hit on your ally and your ally is about to go down, you can just use cutting words and turn that hit into a miss. It's, It's just a really cool ability. On fourth level, we are also going to go into Bard so that we can get that ability score improvement modifier. Oh, sorry. Let's back up a second. At third level... You also get expertise in addition to your subclass. Oh, I love expertise. Okay, what is he good in? Obviously performance. So performance is gonna be a plus six. Ah, oh, yes. And acrobatics, cause he loves dance. He loves to dance, I'm pretty sure. Oh, so that's a plus seven to acrobatics. Beautiful. Oh, I love expertise. You choose two of your skill proficiencies. Your proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check you make that uses either of the chosen proficiencies. So he's proficient in eight different things. So we had a lot to choose from, but I think performance and acrobatics are the most fitting. Uh, It just so happens that those are the proficiencies given to him by his entertainer background. So fourth level, he gains an ASI, an ability score improvement. We're not going to take a feat yet. We're going to raise his constitution to 12 which gives him a plus one and we're going to boost his wisdom to eight making it a minus one instead of a minus two i don't think we're going to increase it further to get it up to plus zero because he doesn't need that because of the jack of all trades ability half his proficiency bonus rounded down is added to any ability check that doesn't already have his proficiency. So even though his perception should be negative one, right now it's just plus zero, which is excellent. Uh, I've had people ask me if this includes saving throws. It does not. It says, uh, add it to an ability check you make. So saving throws are not an ability check. They are saving throws. At fifth level, we are going to multi-class. So again, highest is intelligence and dexterity we're going to go with warlock, which also uses charisma. I, again, just none of, none of the others seemed fitting for Squidward. It's kind of hard to find a match for classes with a character that isn't really adventurous or isn't an adventurer, but I did my best. So at first level, he gets packed magic and his otherworldly patron. So, Pact Magic, uh, as I talked about in the last episode with uh, Joan of Arc, you have a completely different spell slot list than a bard does, or a wizard does, or a cleric, or paladin. Warlocks are completely separate. So, warlocks, their spell slots work differently. So, at first level, you only have one first level spell slot a Warlock spell slot. There's a distinction between this and Bard, so you don't want to add them together. As a fourth level Bard, you'll have four first level spell slots and three second level spell slots. You wouldn't write it down that now you have five first level spell slots and three second level. You would just write down you have four first level and three second level, and then one first level in warlock because they are different. So I talked in Joan of Arc how I think Eldritch Blast is the or Eldritch Blast is the most powerful damaging cantrip in the game. Squidward is going to have that one. He seems much more vindictive than Joan of Arc is. So he's definitely getting Eldritch Blast. At 5th level his proficiency bonus increases to +3. So his spell attack bonus is going to be plus five and his spell save DC is going to be 13. Not very good. But again, his charisma is only plus two. It's okay. We can boost it as we go. He's also going to get an otherworldly patron. Ooh, what fun. So the otherworldly patron is just the name of the subclass. I chose the fathomless. Obviously, it's gotta be the Fathomless. You have plunged into a pact with the depths and entity of the ocean. The elemental plane of water or another otherworldly sea now allows you to draw on on its thalassic power. Ooh, yeah, of course Squidward can call upon the energy of the ocean to move through him and do magic shit. Love it. Fathomless. Yes, please. So at first level, he gains access to the spells create or destroy water and thunder wave. If he is in Bikini Bottom, I don't know why he would create water, but destroying water could be pretty devastating. First level, I think you'll see why I picked this subclass pretty quickly. You get the ability Tentacle of the Deep. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. At first level, you can magically summon a spectral tentacle that strikes at your foes. As a bonus action, you create a 10 foot long tentacle at a point you can see within 60 feet of you. The tentacle lasts for one minute or until you use this feature to create another tentacle, so you can only have one tentacle up at a time. But when you create the tentacle, you can make a melee spell attack against one creature within 10 feet of it. On a hit, the target takes 1d8 cold damage and its speed is reduced by 10 feet until the start of your next turn. Additionally, as a bonus action on your next turn, you can move the tentacle up to 30 feet and repeat the attack. So the tentacle lasts for one minute. So once you cast it on every one of your turns, it just takes a bonus action to potentially do 1d8 cold damage and reduce the target's speed by 10. So you could cast Eldritch Blast at 5th level. That's two beams of 1d10 and 1d8 as a bonus action. So at 5th level, you could potentially just use this ability and a cantrip to do 2d10 plus 1d8 damage. Now, you can summon the tentacle number times equal to your proficiency bonus and regain all uses when you finish a long rest. So right now he can use Tentacle of the Deep three times. And at first level, you also get Gift of the Sea. So Squidward will gain a swimming speed of 40 feet and can now breathe underwater. Uh, He can already breathe underwater, but this does increase his swimming speed. The Squiddle race has a swimming speed of 30 feet, but now he has a swimming speed of 40 feet. Uh, Normally, if, if a creature doesn't have a swimming speed, their speed is halved in water. So fighting in water can be difficult. Next, for 6th level, we are going to also take that in Warlock. So this is going to give him Eldritch Invocations. Uh, So his study of occult lore, he's unearthed Eldritch Invocations, fragments of forbidden knowledge that imbue him with an abiding magical ability. So at 2nd level, he gains 2 Eldritch Invocations of his choice. I think he's going to go with Agonizing Blast. So normally spells don't have any damage modifiers to them like weapon attacks do. But with this, whenever he casts Eldritch Blast, he can add your Charisma modifier to the damage it deals on a hit. So now each one of his rays will be 1d10 plus 2 damage, which does not sound like a lot, but he has 2 rays. So that's potentially plus 4 damage. And, you know, if the most rays you can have are 4, so the highest your charisma can be is plus five, so that can potentially be plus 20 damage every time you use Eldritch Blast. Very cool. I am also going to give him Lance of Lethargy. So this also has a prerequisite of the Eldritch Blast cantrip. I love Eldritch Blast. So once on each of your turns when you hit a creature with your Eldritch Blast, you can reduce that creature speed by 10 feet until the end of your next turn. And the reason I took this one is because his Tentacle of the Deep already reduces their speed by 10 feet. So if you hit them with the Tentacle and this Lance of Lethargy, Eldritch Blast, you can reduce their speed by 20 feet. Most PCs and PCs have a speed of 30, so you can reduce their speed to 10 feet. They can barely go anywhere. And then with their reduced speed, all you have to do is move slightly away from them and just keep repeating this if they are a melee fighter trying to get you into melee range they they can't anymore even if they use their action to dash they just won't be able to get to you and you can just keep blasting them with eldritch blast and this tentacle that's fun for me third level we are going to go into warlock again and get a packed boon Uh, so your otherworldly patron bestows a gift upon you for your loyal service. There are four different ones. None of them seemed especially right for Squidward, but I'm going to give him Pact of the Talisman just because that seems a lot different from Joan of Arc's Pact of the Tome. And also, "packed the Chain and Pact of the Blade did not sound right either. So with Pact of the Talisman, your patron gives you an amulet, a talisman that can aid the wearer when the need is great. So when the wearer fails in ability check, they can add a d4 to the roll, potentially turning the roll into a success. You can use this a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and all expended uses are restored when you finish a long rest. So that's really cool. Right now we're at seventh level overall. So his proficiency bonus is plus three. So he can use this three times. If he fails an ability check, he can just add a d4 to the roll. Beautiful. One thing I really like about D&D is we just did a warlock last week. Joan of Arc was a warlock, celestial warlock. And Squidward's also a warlock, but they're so different. You can have two characters of the same class and have them be so different. Honestly, I've had some players pick the same class and same subclass and just play their characters in a way and pick their spells in a way that made them so different from each other, which I think is very cool. I love the flexibility that the game allows. Eighth level, we're going to go fourth in Warlock to get that ability score improvement. And we are going to finally bump up Charisma. So Charisma is going to become 16, which is a plus three modifier. So now he has a plus six to his spell attack bonus and his spell save DC is 14. Now, because his Charisma is his spell casting ability in Bard and Warlock, An argument could be made that it would be more beneficial to raise his charisma, that first ability score improvement at level four. But I just thought having a little bit extra health and not having such powerful negatives to wisdom was better. But if you choose to play him, then sure, you can take charisma first. Or a feat. whenever you want. It's D&D. It's, you know, it's what you make it d is what you make it, so let's make it rock. Ninth level, we are going to hop over back to Bard. So that's a fifth level Bard. So now Squidward's Bardic Inspiration changes to a D8. It so went from a D6 to a D8, and because we increased his charisma, he now has three uses of his Bardic Inspiration, which means he has three uses of cutting words. He also now has Font of Inspiration. So beginning at 5th level, you regain all of your expended uses of Bardic Inspiration when you finish a short rest now, in addition to a long rest. Before, it was just a long rest. Now you regain them all short or long rest. Also at 9th level, his proficiency bonus increases. So now he has a plus 7 spell attack bonus and a 15 spell save DC. And then also means because of his jack of all trades ability, every skill that he's not proficient in now gains a plus two. So that negative two perception that I was scared about because we boosted wisdom and he has a plus two to it is now a plus one. Look at that. His perception is uh, out of the negatives. That's fun. Now, 10th level, we are going to take that in Bard. So sixth level Bard, he gains counter charm. He gains the ability to use musical notes or words of power to disrupt mind influencing effects. As an action, you can start a performance that lasts until the end of your next turn. And during that time, you and any friendly creatures within 30 feet of you have advantage on saving throws against being frightened or charmed. A creature must be able to hear you to gain this benefit. The performance ends early if you are incapacitated or silenced or if you voluntarily end it with no action required. This is a really cool support ability to use if you're fighting against creatures that can charm you or frighten you because it can potentially give you and the rest of your party advantage on those saving throws. And being charmed or frightened really sucks. So having a defense against that is excellent. Also at 6th level, he's going to get another Bard College feature. So the College of Lore Bard gets additional magical secrets. Ooh! At 6th level, you learn two spells of your choice from any class. A spell you choose must be of a level you can cast, as shown on the Bard table or a cantrip. The chosen spells count as Bard spells for you, but don't count against the number of Bard spells you know. So as a 6th level bard, you have access to 3rd level spells. So one of my players who's a College of Lore bard took Slow and Revivify. Revivify is an excellent spell. I also think Slow is an excellent spell. So really, good choice on her part. Other good options, bards already have access to some healing spells. So more versatility. Revivify is great. Counter spell is an awesome spell. Uh, Shield could be a really good spell. Maybe even something more, I don't know, maybe interesting, like Conjure Animals or Call Lightning, Blink. There there are a lot of options, but this is really cool because it gives you such insane versatility because you can pick any two spells from any class. That means if you're a College of Lore Bard and you want to be sort of a gish fighter. A gish is like a spell sword, essentially someone who uses magic, but also fights on the front lines with weapons. You could learn smites from the paladin smell list. That's really freaking awesome. Now for 11th level overall, we are going to jump back into warlock and take the rest of our levels there. So we are going to become a fifth level warlock which doesn't get you anything from the base class, but your warlock spell slots change to third level. So now you have two third level spell slots in your warlock spell slot list, and you learn a third invocation. That's excellent. Now that he is Path of the Talisman, let's try to find something where prerequisite is Path of the Talisman. Okay, so I think the only one I found is called rebuke of the talisman which is a pretty cool ability so when the wearer of your talisman so squirt word uh, is hit by an attacker you can see within 30 feet of you you can use your reaction to deal psychic damage to the attacker equal to your proficiency bonus and push it up to 10 feet away from the talisman wearer that's so cool so if squidward gets hit by attack he can use his reaction to automatically deal four damage and then push that target 10 feet away So you could potentially, on their turn, push them away from you. So that way, if you move away from them, you won't get any opportunity attacks. You can move away from them, hit them with that Eldritch Blast that slows them, hit them with a tentacle, and successfully get away from them and kind of trap them in that slow area that we talked about earlier. At sixth level, Squidward is going to get an otherworldly patron feature. So now he gets Oceanic Soul. At 6th level, you're now even more at home in the depths. Squidward already has a home in the depths, but now he strung up like some fairy lights and a live, laugh, love sign. He's really feeling it. You gain resistance to cold damage. That's awesome. I love resistances. So now as a Squiddle, he gets resistant. (laughs) Squiddle. So now as a (laughs) Squid, he gains resistant to bludgeoning damage. And now he has resistance to cold damage as well. In addition, when you're fully submerged, any creature that's also fully submerged can understand your speech and you can understand theirs. So that's essentially like being able to cast Comprehend Languages as long as you and the other person are both underwater. That's really cool. But that's not all you get at 6th level. You gain Guardian Coil. So now your tentacle of the deep can defend you and others, interposing itself between them and harm. When you or a creature you can see takes damage while within 10 feet of the tentacle, you can use your reaction to choose one of those creatures and reduce the damage that creature by 1d8. That's so cool. That's so cool. I, I think that's awesome. You can just have this spectral tentacle that can attack things and then use your reaction to reduce damage to allies just because they're near it so if you're attacked you can use your new talisman invocation to deal damage to them or if an ally is damaged near your tentacle you can reduce their damage and i know reducing damage by 1d8 doesn't sound amazing but that's every time you use this reaction, which is excellent. Uh, you gotta, you simply gotta love it. 7th level in Warlock, 13th level overall. His spell slots change to 4th level. He still has two spell slots, now a 4th level in the Warlock spell slot list, and gains another invocation. Uh, so as a 7th level he can get another Talisman ability, Protection of the Talisman. The prerequisites are 7th level and Pact of the Talisman. So when the wearer of the Talisman fails a saving throw, they can add a d4 to the roll, potentially turning the save into a success. The benefit can be used a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and all expended uses are restored when you finish a long rest. So your proficiency bonus now is plus 4, so you can use this a number of 4 times. So with the original Pact of the Talisman, when you fail an ability check, you can add a d4 to the roll, uh, an amount of times equal to your proficiency bonus. But now, because of this Eldritch Invocation, you can add a d4 to the saving throw, equal to your proficiency bonus. So you have four times you can add a d4 to a failed ability check, and now four times you can add a d4 to a saving throw which is so cool because the kind of build that we've given him, he has bardic inspiration, which can raise his allies' roles. He has cutting words, which can reduce his enemies' roles. And now he has Pact of the Talisman and Protection of the Talisman, where he can add to his roles as well. He's just manipulating everything, and he's not even a divination wizard. Squidward, you manipulative bastard. I love you at eighth level, he's going to gain another ability score improvement. So you know me, usually at this point, I would have at least one feat. But his stats are really low. And I did not help by picking two classes that used his second highest stat, or I guess third highest stat, instead of his two highest dexterity and intelligence. So this is totally on me. But I think it him having working on charisma just fits better so we're gonna bump charisma up to 18 giving that a plus four to charisma now he is a 14th level overall and at 13th level his proficiency bonus went up to plus five so now with a plus four to charisma he's going to have a plus nine to his spell attack bonus and a 17 for his spell save dc which is pretty good. And remember, he has expertise on performance. So now he has plus 12 to performance. He's just so good. I feel like his whole D&D adventure is just him trying to learn how to play the clarinet better. Like every place they go, he's just trying to find a clarinet master or something to teach him the old ways. That's my headcanon. Now we're going to go to 9th level in Warlock, 15th overall. His spell slots increase to 5th level, or his Warlock spell slots, rather. Warlock spell slots increase to 5th level overall. He still only has two of them, and he learns another invocation. Uh, Let's give him something cool, you know? Give him something cool. So I am going to give him the Eldritch Invocation, Trickster's Escape. So you can cast Freedom of Movement once on yourself without expending a spell slot, and then regain the ability to do so when you finish a long rest. So the reason I picked this is because he's a Squiddle, or in reality, Squidward's an octopus, and they can fit through such tiny openings that they're really good at escaping things. So I think an ability called Trickster's Escape that allows him to cast freedom of movement, which allows him to escape things is something that's very fitting for a Squiddle <laughs> for a squittle to know. Now, 16th level, we are going to take that in warlock, so 10th level warlock, he gets a another otherworldly patron feature. Uh this time he gains grasping tentacles. So starting at 10th level, you learn the spell Avard's Black Tentacles and it counts as a warlock spell for you, but it doesn't count against the number of spells you know. You can also cast it once without using a spell slot and regain the ability to do so when you finish a long rest. I think that's really cool uh, for a bunch of reasons. It's a fourth level spell that you can cast once without using a spell slot. So Avard's Black Tentacles, you essentially summon this big square of squirming tentacles and it's a concentration spell for up to a minute. And for the duration, these tentacles turn the ground in the area into difficult terrain. When a creature enters the affected area for the first time or starts its turn there, The creature must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or take 3d6 bludgeoning damage and be restrained by the tentacles until the spell ends. A creature that starts its turn in the area and is already restrained by the tentacles automatically takes that 3d6 bludgeoning damage. A creature restrained by the tentacles can use its action to make a strength or dexterity check its choice against your spell save dc which we said his spell save DC at the moment is 17. So they have to make a strength or dexterity check of 17 or higher in order to free itself. So that's really cool. Uh, Squidward has really great control powers. And by that, I mean, he can slow enemies, he can move himself, he can restrain enemies. Uh, he he just has a lot of abilities to limit or lessen enemies movement, which can be really good for your allies. and squidward himself also with the 10th level grasping tentacles ability whenever he casts this spell he's going to gain temporary hit points equal to his warlock level so right now he is a 10th level warlock so when he casts avers black tentacles he automatically gets 10 temporary hit points moreover damage can't break your concentration on this spell that is so cool His constitution saving throws, he only has a plus one to constitution saving throws. But if he gets damaged, he doesn't have to roll a constitution saving throw to maintain concentration on this spell. Very awesome. Also at 10th level, Tentacle of the Deep gets a little bit stronger. Now, if you hit a target with the tentacle, it's going to take 2d8 cold damage. Guardian Coil also gets better. When you use your reaction to reduce damage to a creature, it's now reduced by 2d8. So now does 2d8 cold damage, reduces damage by 2d8. That is awesome. This is a really hardworking tentacle. Now, next level, let's go to 11th level in Warlock. This is a really cool ability. Uh, It's called Mystic Arcanum. So we've talked about it before, but Warlocks, their spell slots only go to a max of 5th level. So those Warlock spell slots that Squidward has are not going to get higher than 5th level. They're tapped out. But he's going to get something called Mystic Arcanum. At 11th level, your patron bestows upon you a magical secret called an Arcanum. You can choose one sixth level spell from the warlock spell list as this Arcanum. Additionally, listen to this, you can cast your sixth level Arcanum spell once without expending a spell slot and then have to finish a long rest before you do so again. So I think that's so cool. You just get a 6th level spell that you can just cast and keep all of your spell slots. And there's some really cool abilities, uh, or, or spells that you can pick like conjure fey, uh, summon fiend, the investitures. There are four different investitures, investiture of flame, ice, stone, and wind. Those are really cool. Mass suggestion. There's, there's just a lot that you can do with this. 18th level overall going into warlock 12th level is an ability score improvement, I think now I am going to give him a feat. So I will say you can just use that ASI to max out his charisma, make it a 20 charisma, a plus five. But I think plus four is good enough. You know, he's he's trying too hard at this point. So I'm going to pick a feat for him. For his feat, I chose Spell Sniper. Because the more I talk about it, the more I like the idea of Squidward having a bunch of abilities to move enemies away from him. I think it would be fitting to give him an ability that allowed him to cover distance to so that he can keep moving backwards away from his enemies while still keeping them in range of his spells. And with Spell Sniper, when you cast a spell that requires you to make an attack roll, the spell's range is doubled. And Eldritch Blast requires you to make an attack roll. So now the range of Eldritch Blast is 240 feet. That's insane. It's it's called Spell Sniper for a reason, but 240 feet. He can be so far away from them and just keep blasting them. Uh, At this level, Eldritch Blast's power is maxed out. So that's 4 raise for his Eldritch Blast. They all do 1d10 plus 4 because he has the agonizing blast Eldritch Invocation. So that's 4d10 plus 16. And he can do that when they're 240 feet away. I don't even know the enemy in question. I don't know how fast they are, but I'm guessing he can do that to them a lot before they get close enough to attack him. Also, your ranged spell attacks ignore half cover and three quarters cover. Uh, If something has half cover, they have a plus two bonus to their armor class and dexterity saving throws. Three quarters cover, they have a plus five bonus to armor class and dexterity saving throws. But now that's just completely ignored. So the only time cover will help an enemy is if they're completely covered, which means they wouldn't even be able to be targeted by an attack or spell of yours. You also learn one cantrip that requires an attack roll. So you can choose a cantrip from the bard, cleric, druid sorcerer warlock or wizard spell list so a bunch of options i don't know what one to pick maybe fire bolt just to give him some fire damage increases versatility but there's a ton of options so there he finally has a feat three ability score improvements and one feat spell sniper 19th level we're going to go 13th level warlock which gives him a 7th Level Mystic Arcanum. So, just like with the sixth level, you can cast your seventh level Arcanum spell once without expending a spell slot, and then just have to finish a long rest before you can do that again. So, seventh, I think Crown of Stars is an awesome spell, or Finger of Death. Plane Shift could be really versatile. Not too many options for seventh level, but every one of them is pretty powerful. And now the last level, 20th level, we are going to go 14th in Warlock, which gives him his final otherworldly patron feature, Fathomless Plunge. Fathomless Plunge, when you reach 14th level, you can magically open temporary conduits to watery destinations. As an action, you can teleport yourself and up to five other willing creatures that you can see within 30 feet of you. Amid a whirl of tentacles, of course, you all vanish and then reappear up to one mile away in a body of water you've seen, pond size or larger, or within 30 feet of it each of you appearing in an unoccupied space within 30 feet of the others. Once you finish this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest or a short rest. So that's really cool. I feel like a lot of the higher level subclass abilities is just one thing that's somewhat underwhelming per long rest. But this is a kind of cool thing that you can do every short rest. I like that a lot. So Fathomless Plunge, you can essentially teleport, into a body of water as long as it's a mile away from your current location. So that's really cool. Now you have all of these support options to slow your enemies, to reduce damage to your allies, to give them bardic inspiration, cutting words. You've got a lot going on. And now you have this amazing ability to allow your allies to retreat. And I feel like retreating in D&D in my experience anyway, is something that players just do not, just, they just, they just don't think of it. They're like, oh, I rolled initiative. I'm in combat. Either I kill this thing or it kills me. There's no, there's nothing else, but you can just, you can just run away. Most of the time you can just leave. And with Fathomless Plunge, boy, howdy, can you do that? You and up to five other willing creatures can just, jump into a tentacle portal essentially and just come up in a pond so yeah that's that's something and that is squidward 20 levels of fun let me tell you he is an entertainer his race is squiddle the race that we really quickly homebrewed in the beginning just because we could his strength is 11 Dexterity, 16. Constitution, 12. Intelligence, 16. Wisdom, 8. Charisma, 18. He has plus 15 to acrobatics, plus 9 to arcana, plus 9 to history, plus 9 to investigation, plus 9 to nature, plus 16 to performance plus nine to sleight of hand and plus nine to stealth. Truly an obscene amount of proficiencies and two skills, acrobatics and performance, that he has expertise in. That means every time he tries to play his clarinet, he gets a plus 16 to that role. I love that. Dexterity saving throws are plus 9. Charisma saving throws are plus 10. He can speak Common and Aquan. He's a 6th level College of Lore Bard and a 14th level Fathomless Otherworldly Patron Warlock. He has the Spell Sniper feat and he can kick a lot of ass. So Squidward Q Tentacles is... I I don't know. I really like this build. He has so much versatility. He's an incredible support character. And because of that Eldritch Blast and Agonizing Blast Invocation and Spell spell, Sniper feat, he can also dish out a lot of damage while staying away from the main conflict, which is good because he only has a plus one to his constitution modifier. So his health isn't great but that's okay, he doesn't need it. He can slow down enemies, reduce damage to his allies, push enemies away, restrain them, bolster his allies' roles, bolster his own roles. As long as he's wearing his talisman, he can give the talisman to someone else and have them bolster their roles. He's just a really cool support character. And I think that rings true for who Squidward is as a person he you know he's like a kitty cat they might be averse to affection at first but like just get to know them and you'll find that they're a total softie. and I think Squidward is honestly guys honestly a total i and like kind of cute right does anyone else think that Squidward's like kind of bae uh, I can't believe I just said that on not live television. <laughs> um, Squidward is Bay because he lives at the Bay. No other reason. I'm going to cut all of this. This is terrible. This is awful content. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Fantasize Me. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at FantasizeMePod and email in character suggestions at FantasizeMePod at gmail.com. And, you know, be sure to listen. Be sure to follow the podcast. Hashtag rate and subscribe or what have you. Uh, But thank you so much for listening and we'll do this again next week. Bye.